0: You are listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Radioactive. I want to tell you about radium, a most peculiar and remarkable element, because it does not behave as it should. Science is changing, and the very people who are running science are the people who believe the world is flat, and I'm going to prove them wrong.
1: You're Maria Sklodowska. I'm Pierre Curie. Your science is brilliant.
0: (laughs) You're proposing a partnership.
1: That's exactly what I'm doing. You're
0: just extraordinary. There is another element that's skewing the results.
2: You think you found an undiscovered element?
0: You have fundamentally misunderstood the atom.
2: Our
1: work's been nominated for the Nobel Prize for our discovery of radioactivity. And the commendation only mentions my name. I'm just the wife, isn't that right? What have they ever
0: treated you I like? am the wife of Pierre Curie. I want to protest in the strongest possible terms. It is a distinct lack of respect.
2: They don't like you
0: here. <laughs> what have other people's opinions ever affected anything I've done?
1: the extraordinary. You changed the world. There are those that say that radium
3: is making them sick.
0: He's invented a poison! The things that make us weak are the things that make us strong. My science could cure cancer. This is my light.
3: And I will win it.
0: All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Radioactive, and the story is as follows. After the death of her husband, Marie Curie's commitment to science remains strong as she tries to explain previously unknown radioactive elements, but it soon becomes terrifyingly evident that her work could lead to applications in medicine that could save thousands of lives, or applications in warfare that could destroy them by the billions. The film is starring Rosamund Pike, Anya Taylor-Joy, Anurin Barnard, along with Sam Wright, It is directed by Marjane Satrapi and written by Jack Thorne. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Dan Baer. Well, here we are. Josh Parm. Hello, hello. And Daniel Howitt. Hello, everyone. All right, so we're discussing Radioactive here. This movie premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, last year where Dan Baer actually saw the film. It is now uh, streaming on Amazon Prime starting this weekend. And, you know, I i mean, like, listen, there's a lot of films that premiered at TIFF that still haven't seen the light of day. I think this is like mm-hmm. a good opportunity during this pandemic for some of those movies to go to a streaming service right now and for us to discuss. Uh, so I'm happy that this film is uh, getting seen by people. And it's really, really... a truly incredible story. It's a pioneering uh, story that actually, like, you know, through this woman's experiments and scientific advancements, uh, it changed the world. And I think the film does a really great job of celebrating the achievements and the work. I, I do have some problems, though, with this movie. I hate to say it. I'm Like, I really, really do. And there's no getting around it. I'm going to discuss them. But first, I want to hear from everybody else. So, uh, why don't we hear from Dan? Uh, Dan, you saw this film pretty early. I don't know if you rewatched it, um, if there were, like, any changes that you can remember, maybe, if there were any uh, subtle differences in the editing and such. But, like, yeah, what did you think of Radioactive?
2: Um, yeah, so I did rewatch this last night because it's been almost a year since I saw it at... tiff um and i i don't it didn't feel like it was any different than what i remember seeing and what i remember seeing was not bad but also not great um it's it's a very paint by numbers sort of biopic Treatment. And even though it does focus mostly on this, you know, relatively short period of Marie Curie's life where she's doing her major scientific experiments that led to her winning, becoming the first female to win a Nobel Prize, there are things about the film that I would recommend, most notably Rosamund Pike's performance, which I think is really good. But there's also a lot, um, that is just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the film opens and I got major The Iron Lady vibes from it. And I remember sitting in the audience just going, oh no, I got up early in the morning for this. Sometimes that happens.
0: You roll the <laughs> dice and you don't know what you're going to get sometimes. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And
2: Like, and like literally like three times within the first minute of the movie. They're like, oh, yes, Madame Curie, Marie Curie. Yes, it's Marie Curie. And I'm like, well, we know what movie we're seeing. You don't have to tell us so many times who the old lady in the science lab is. <laughs> um, to be fair, it got better from there. Um. It also, you know, there there are moments in the film that I think where it's even worse than that. Um, But uh, I think we'll 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 get into that.
0: I I have to admit, like reading even just her Wikipedia page, and you read um, the following: uh, she was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize, as you said, Dan. The first person and only woman to win the Nobel Prize twice, and the only person to win the Nobel Prize in two different scientific fields. Yeah. <laughs> and there are five Nobel Prizes amongst her entire family. So, like, her legacy continues on with her daughter, as the movie also illustrates as well. Like, there is a ton of story here uh, to dive into.
2: And that's immense for
0: students as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, her work pioneered a whole entire medical and scientific field uh, that continues on to this day. So, There, there's a lot of material here. It's
2: painfully clear.
0: Yeah. Um. I think. I. I, To your point, I think the biggest issue is the screenplay. Um. But why don't we hear from Howard? Howard, what do you think? Yeah. I.
3: I feel largely the same as what you you both have said. Um, the, the The fascinating things about this movie are Marie Curie herself, right? I mean, her 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 life is incredible, and she's an incredible figure in our history. And um, I don't know about you guys, but she's somebody that I don't really know a lot about. Um, and so, the, seeing her life story, seeing her accomplishments, there's there's a lot that's inherently interesting about that. Um, and so, so for a lot of the movie, I was interested just to see how her life played out um, and so i appreciated that i appreciated um also that the filmmakers didn't want to approach this as a typical biopic um, this definitely is not that is this is never feels like a typical biopic the problem is part of what makes it not feel like a typical biopic is that it's got this strange tone to it um, it never feels triumphant like a typical biopic, which I guess you could say is a good thing. They're doing something different. But also because it never feels triumphant, it also feels just sad. And, and uh, like it, every time Marie Curie has an accomplishment in her life, um, the film never celebrates it. Um, it it's always just uh, it's almost like an inconvenience. It's very it's very odd, a very strange <laughs> tone to this film. Uh, the film is very, very cold. Cold and distant the whole time And on, one thing I kept thinking I'm curious if you guys felt this way The film treats Marie Curie like An alien Like she never She never felt And I'm, and this is it's weirdly not about Pike's performance It's about the way the film Views the character of Marie Curie She felt so inhuman She felt not like a real person um, It felt like she was Some odd creature that was plopped on earth to make these, um, you know, to to accomplish something incredible. So it was a very strange tone to the movie. Um, also, I, I don't think you guys mentioned the uh, the use of flash forwards and flashbacks, um, which kind of. Oh, shows, we're going to get to that. Don't yeah. worry. Full yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that, laughs> yeah. effects of Curie's work. Um, I, it's an interesting idea for sure. I totally see, you know, the value in the idea. But uh, man, those are so forced and really disrupts the narrative. It's a very awkward way to tell the story. And again, it makes anything that she accomplished, anything she accomplished in the story um, feel uh, horrible (laughs) because it's I was
0: going to say, yeah, I, I, I disagree with Dan that it feels very paint by the numbers in terms of biopic. I actually think that this structure does help it to stand out because, let me tell you, after reviewing recently The Imitation Game and The Fury of Everything for our 2014 retrospective, (laughs) this did not feel like a generic biopic by any means. Um, But I agree with you, Howitt, that the tone that her accomplishments do take is they highlight more on the negative than they actually do the positive, and it definitely sends out this very morose tone. <laughs> of, that it's like, like, are we supposed to
3: think she's a, a a great figure of history? Cause I feel like she is. I mean, yeah, I totally understand uh, how her work has been used for very negative things. Of course, obviously, and, and, and mass death, but she's still an important figure in history. And so uh, I, I don't know to, to, to pair those two things together, her important work
0: and the, the mass death that it caused. It was just very, odd um (laughs) i feel like you almost needed a a character to embody those uh beliefs and the idea of using the work for um evil means destructive means i I feel like you needed a character in the story to embody that so that this way they could have maybe some dialogue really engaging in the back and forth of um that pull of her work.
3: Another option would be to just kind of um, have the film naturally uh, lead to that point towards the end of as Mm -hmm. she reaches the end of her life, kind of um, start to see the the potential implications of her work. And so then it almost ends on a tragic note, rather than being just kind of tragic and
0: upsetting throughout, it can almost just be like a bittersweet, right? Because she never lives to see the positive uh, impact that her work has. Exactly.
3: So, So because it's tragic throughout, it's just it's just an odd tone of a film. Uh, So the film really just doesn't doesn't work as a whole. Rosamund Pike did a fine job. I I think um, um, I think she she doesn't I think she gives a fine performance. And I think there is merit here for someone like me who's just curious about, you know, a woman whose work helped shape the 20th century. Um, But, yeah, the tone of the film was just it made it not bad it just made it like a, a strange experience a, pu- a puzzling yeah, I mean, a viewing experience for sure it,
2: it's it's like they went out of their way to make it not a piece of hagiography hey which yeah, so many yeah. biopics are accused of being and now, I will say
3: it's based on a graphic novel yes. so i don't know yes. i don't know what i don't know what you know the tone of the graphic novel was so so it's probably more to blame on the novel than than this but still i i don't know All right, Josh Parm.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to really disagree with too much of the sentiment that has been said already. Um, The feeling that I kept coming back to while watching this movie was frustrating. And, you know, I, I do understand that there are attempts at this story to not feel like it's in the traditional biopic realm. But I think it is fighting with some elements that definitely are. You know, we talked about how this opens with her old and ailing and she goes to the hospital and like literally flashes back to her entire life like and there's montages of the great accomplishments and i think that that is paired with these very kind of experimental uh storytelling choices that never seem to really mesh that well together and it ends up just creating this you know as you said how with this very like fractured tone to the movie and it's really difficult to get steeped into the this world and these characters which i I also don't know a whole lot about and was really interested to see this exploration but i don't really feel like the movie ever commits to it in a meaningful way for me to really get invested in it and i come away with appreciating some of the artistic elements that are brought to the film and appreciating some of the performances but It never really adds up to me as something truly engaging on the storytelling level, on a thematic level. And it was just a rather kind of empty exercise to me in the end,
0: unfortunately. All right. I'm going to start off with uh, some positives here uh, because, believe me, there's other stuff to criticize. But I would rather get the positives uh, out of the way first. Uh, Can we all agree that Rosamund Pike holds the film together and without
2: her, it would be a complete mess? Yeah for sure i don't know that it would be a complete mess but she's definitely the glue holding everything together for the most part
1: i would say there are some times where i feel like she her performance isn't like that sincere to me but for the vast majority i would say that she is giving the best performance by a great margin yes
0: all right there may be some that disagree with me on this um on our previous review of The Theory of Everything, I went to bat for that film's cinematography. Uh, I actually think here, Anthony Dodd-Mantle and some of the work that is done with this movie better fits the themes of this movie and uh, really actually does a lot to elevate my own enjoyment of the movie on an aesthetic
2: level. Uh, what did you guys think? Completely agree. It, mm-hmm. That's... The technical elements are some of my favorite uh, parts of this movie, namely the cinematography and the score. Yeah,
3: well, the it, cin- it, yeah. it adds to the, the separating from what a, tri- a typical biopic looks like. Again, the cinematography isn't grand or lush. It's it's uh, dark and uh, almost
0: mm. eerie sometimes. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I was mostly struck by the use of color in this movie.
2: Mm-mm. There's a lot of green.
0: Yeah, but
1: there's also a more surrealist tone that's running yes, throughout that's, this film that justifies that as opposed to something like The Theory of Everything that seemed like it just put on a blue filter because it felt yeah. like it, arbitrarily. Right.
0: <laughs> I have to say, viewing this movie right after we reviewed The Theory of Everything, it actually helped me to appreciate your guys' criticisms more of that, where I just looked at it like, oh, that's pleasing to look at. That looks really good. But here, I really did recognize what you guys uh, were trying to illustrate in terms of the difference of how choices like that can benefit the story versus just making choices for the sake of being pleasing to the eye. Mm,
2: yeah. And I will say that, Josh, that's one of the things that I find most frustrating about this movie is that there are these moments of real... art artistic like trying to be a little more surrealistic and it feels like there's a better version of this movie trying to break out of the one that we got
0: yeah the other uh positive um I actually really liked the uh the score uh, for this yeah, film yeah, at times I was great. yeah I I have to admit I was um you know thinking in the very very beginning up. Uh, it's another one of those piano-heavy, you know, string biopic scores that I feel like, like once again, that I feel like I just recently heard in The Fury of Everything or in Imitation Game. But no, it, it actually ended up standing out to me a bit uh, by the end, and I quite enjoyed it, so much so that I listened to the uh, end credits actually all the way through, just so that I could keep listening to the score.
2: Yeah, the, ex- um, the electronic stuff that comes in, especially when they're – um, doing science. <laughs> it's, it's, doing science.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mr. White. <laughs> yes, science.
2: Yes, science. <laughs> I mean, but that's what it is. Like, there's this early montage that's just Marie and Pierre Curie literally just like doing science. They're measuring things in titrating things and you know examining pieces of paper and stuff and it it's it shouldn't be as exciting as it is but that score makes you like sort of lean in and take interest in what they're doing and i think that you know like one of the things we were talking about with theory of everything was that it didn't really give you the full scale of what Hawking's work was and what the importance of his work was. And that's one thing that radioactive does really well is explain what the science behind Marie and Pierre Curie's experiments was and also the importance of it. Yeah. For a
0: movie about chemistry as well, in a lot of ways um, I personally felt there was absolutely zero chemistry between Rosamund Pike and Sam Riley in this film.
2: I disagree completely.
0: (laughs) Wow. I thought Sam Riley's performance in this was flat as hell. I (laughs) hated, hated, hated almost every single one of his line readings. I don't understand what that raspy... So, so Matt, you know what you've done?
1: You've just described a Sam Riley performance. Yeah. like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he is... I don't think, maybe with the exception of Free Fire, he is, like, always the least interesting performer in any movie that I have seen him in. I really (laughs) am generally not a fan of his when he shows up in films, and I agree, he is so, like, a black hole of charisma in this movie. And a part of that is intentional, but there just also just isn't anything to really get me invested in him as a character either, and I don't find that his performance compensates for any of that i really
0: found him to be like the worst element of this movie to be honest his voice grates on me when he tells her when she's like wondering why are why are you helping me and the the reply that the screenplay decides to go with for him is him telling her I have an instinct about you. I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, really?
2: (laughs) Don't blame him for the bad dialogue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is that too, but I don't think he helps it. He doesn't elevate the material at
0: all. This screenplay is so heavy. Yeah. So heavy and so on the nose that I was begging for mercy by the end with some of the dialogue in this there is a one line i don't remember who says it to who but i just wrote it down because some one character calls another um impossibly dramatic and i was like well that just describes the screenplay in a nutshell it was so so over the top at times um especially like that one scene where um when they discovered that the radium is like killing people, and there's like this woman on the street who's upset about her husband uh, dying from it, and she she slaps uh, Marie, and she's like, "I know what you are." I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. It's like this is really really bad. Yeah,
1: there's some moments that are so bad, I almost thought that they were like dream sequences because the way that they were written and constructed mm-hmm. just seems so odd. Like they were so on the nose and so. Just wouldn't that it felt like this cannot be real? <laughs> this can't be yeah, what's this, actually that's, happening. That's how I described the entire film. This film feels
3: otherworldly in in a very negative way. Nothing. Yeah, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, nothing feels real. It all just feels like, what are you trying to say by portraying her life as otherworldly? That's why I said in my uh, you know initial comments, it feels like she's an alien. Like it feels like this is not. Human.
2: I don't understand what we're watching. Well, and there's a little bit of that the whole like, like she was out of place, as like, and I think the film that kind of like bends over backwards to make that point a little, and that like she was a woman scientist at a time when that was not a thing and like you know she was the first female to be a professor at the sorbonne and she you know had a hard time finding a place to practice her craft and you know she was the first woman to win a nobel and aside from that she was Polish. She was a foreigner. She was an immigrant. Oh,
0: the film makes that very apparent. Well, yeah, because they have like the crowds <laughs> constantly yelling at her about that. I'm like, once again, another heavy-handed thing that I don't think the story necessarily needed because yeah, the the screenplay tries to do way too much in regards to. Uh, It adds in the fact that she was an immigrant, but the screenplay doesn't go deeper with that. It just has to throw it in there. The screenplay also throws in the fact that, um, as we talked about before, that her work was used for terrible means. The film also throws in the fact that she is a woman in a man's world. The film also throws it and it's like just throwing in so much that at a certain point it can't hold it all together. It just can't. (laughs) Um, even God bless Rosman Pike. She does. She does what she can. She does her best.
2: Yeah, and, and it's so frustrating because the screenplay I think has one really well. Okay, two, but one particularly in dialogue, really, really fantastic scene, uh, which is an argument between Marie and Pierre after he gives the Nobel acceptance speech. Yes, which yes, is so fantastic and allows. Marie to be both a groundbreaking scientist female ahead of her time and also a traditional like, you know, wife, mother, very much in love with her husband and children figure in a way that we rarely get in any type of movie, much less period drama and the in it's so frustrating because that scene is so fantastic and so well written that was one of the lines when i saw it at tiff like it jumps out right away when at the end of this argument she says to pierre my problem is you and the fact that i love you so utterly and i was just kind of like I sat back a little in my scene, like, and I don't think I've ever seen a movie that allows a woman like Marie Curie to say that. And it's like the script is really fantastic in that scene. And Rosamund Pike knocks it out of the park.
0: I agree that that was probably my favorite scene of the entire movie, especially because I wanted to ask you guys because I wrote this down. Who's right and who's wrong in that scene? Because I thought he put forth an interesting argument about how she had just given birth and she was ill, so she couldn't travel, and that this work was bigger than anything, and somebody had to actually go to represent them. And he does mention that, you know, it wasn't him, it wasn't just him, she also was a part of this, and so on and so forth, but... She's arguing that she he shouldn't have gone in the first place, you know? And I mean, I'm, I'm just really curious. Who do you guys – who did you guys side with in that argument there? Because I thought it was very, very interesting. Well,
2: and also he he is the one who told the Nobel Committee like, no, if you're going to give me mm. this prize, you need to give it to Marie as well. Exactly. So – and I I think they're both right and they're both wrong. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> one yeah. of those arguments
1: yeah. that doesn't have a I to me, a clear answer and – one of the places, as you said, uh, Dan, where you can actually give some points for the screenplay is bringing up that very complex notion that, you know, she has all these things that she's proud of and that she wants to stand as her accomplishments and wants people to take her seriously. But at the same time, she also has a genuine love for a husband. And this isn't a situation where it's like, oh, this man came around and took credit for my work and now I'm going to resent him for it. It's like, no, the she sees herself as an equal to him and at the same time, um, you know, his wife and wanting to do these duties as a wife but also wanting to be taken seriously as a scientist and it's like that internal battle within herself that she's trying to articulate which is something that I think a lot of people deal with in, in balancing that in their own lives and that's a very interesting notion that we normally don't get to see in these types of stories I think it's just unfortunate that that doesn't get carried all the way through the film.
0: I want to uh, correct one thing. I think I think the screenplay actually goes out of its way time and time again uh, for Marie Curie to and, and even in that same scene with Pierre to tell him that she believes that she's a better scientist than he is yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're I don't think she views them as equals at all. and the movie bends over backwards on so many different occasions to show that Marie does not need uh, a men's support. She doesn't need the uh, committee um, to grant her um, positions of power or funds or whatever it is out of pity for being a woman. She just wants to be recognized for her work, her accomplishments, which confuses me then by the end of the film, um, or actually, no, there's two instances There's the scene after Pierre, spoiler, dies uh, where she is weeping and saying, can you please make my husband appear after going on and on for so long about how she didn't need her husband for her work. And the screenplay just makes that so, so apparent um, in the first like uh, third or so. And then at the end of the movie, when her daughter is uh, talking with her and uh, asking her about. You know, being like, it must be so hard doing everything that you did being a woman. And then she's like, no, I suffered from a lack of resources and funds instead of being a woman. And it's like, no, you suffered from lack of resources and funds because you are a woman. (laughs) So I don't think this screenplay like fully understands what it's actually trying to do. I just I, I don't think it hits it.
1: Well, I mean, I think I would say that in terms of her like saying, you know, bring my husband back. You know, there's a difference between her viewing him as not somebody that is her exact scientific equal and also, you know, her actual husband that's the father of her children. Like, I, I think that that scene is still trying to convey that she has emotion, that she still misses him. And yeah. I, I agree that, like, at least for me, I thought that her performance was really good in that moment. But, yeah, it does... Because this movie can't ever pick a concise tone that it wants to be in, it is a bit of a frustrating moment that it doesn't kind of neatly fit into the rest of the storytelling. I can also see that perspective.
2: Yeah. It's a bit over the top. The rest of the movie is kind of (laughs) not,
3: I think perhaps the, the movie wanted to kind of buck the stereotypes of, of, of the woman trying to overcome the man's world. Um, uh, you know, because like, films can films can kind of lean too heavily on that, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality that 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 really impacted Marie Curie's life. So I think trying to yeah. portray her life uh, where where, yes, she was impacted by the fact that she was a woman and then also trying to show, throw that off and pretend that it, it didn't impact her life. I think those are opposing ideas. So I, I don't think it really landed on what it was trying to say.
2: No, um, I, I don't think it ever. I, I think what it tried to do was like, yes, she was, you know, she had to go through the, a lot of this because she was a woman, but she herself was also difficult and prickly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I think that is the whole like it's trying very hard to not be a piece of geography um, like, like the um, 1930s, 40s, whatever version with, uh, I think it was Greer Garson as Marie Curie was kind of like, Oh, this sainted woman of science, you know, Um, does she does not that. And I think I admire the fact that it treats her as a real person, not as, you know, this, Saint or you know Someone who is um, Worth diving into Simply because she was ahead of her time And oh how she must have suffered Um, Because it really is about Her and her personality And What she And of course like All of that goes back to the fact that She is a woman trying to make it In a man's world But she doesn't necessarily see it that way
0: yeah, yeah. It's just it's just very unfortunate uh, that I think the movie is trying really really hard to be progressive in a twenty twenty landscape, and at the same time, it's at odds with probably what what was going on at the time. And I, in the end, I think that the movie just kind of doesn't exactly know what it wants to say. But this is a male screenwriter who wrote this, and mm-hmm. I,
2: I. But I believe. Yeah. I believe the graphic novel was written by a woman. Yeah, it was. So the source okay. material is female, but yeah, it is a male adapting it.
0: And, you know, maybe that has something to do with the fact that some of its feminist ideas are just not conveyed as well as they should be as a result. Um, and in the end, though, I think that it is an interesting film. I think it's uh, well put together in some aspects um, outside of its screenplay, I think that like we mentioned before, production design, costumes, fine, mm-hmm. cinematography, better than average, mm-hmm. score, uh, better than average, not exemplary and amazing by any means, but you know there are certain things that do hold the film together in the end. I, I at least I, I think I don't think it's a complete and total waste of time, especially because. Um, as most of us have expressed prior to watching this movie, uh, we didn't really know much about Marie Curie in history. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely some educational aspect there. Um, and, you know, that alone, I think, makes it a, a worthwhile watch. I am going to go with a five out of 10 on this one though. Um, I'm very, very mixed on it. But yet I still would recommend people check it out regardless. Um, I, I, I lean more towards uh, that belief, but I myself was not wholly positive on the movie overall. Josh, what about you? I'm going to be a 4 out
1: of 10 on this. There are moments that I thought were really well done. And um, I would also say that a lot of that is has to also do with uh, the direction. Um, I really do think that there are some very striking moments in this film. And, yeah. and I think it deserves a lot of credit for bringing some interesting elements to it that seemed very much going against the grain of a traditional biopic. But it just gets drowned out by... So much other stuff that feels mm-hmm. confused and muddled and doesn't come together. And ultimately, despite some of this, you know, very few elements that I did find myself enjoying, just overall, I couldn't really get into it. So, yeah, I'm going to land at a four out of 10. Dan Baer.
2: Um Yeah, I, to piggyback off of some of what Josh was saying, is that like Marjan Satrapi, I, I think we have to. Um, we have to say now after this that, like, she can't elevate a script in that she's only as good as the script of the film she's directing, um, because this is nowhere as good as Persepolis, which was based off of her own graphic mm. novel. Not even as good uh, as yeah. the voices. But it is, <laughs> it, it's way better than the voices. <laughs> the voices is a mess
1: oh, i, I kind of like it though
2: <laughs> but there's but there's a lot that she is doing i think um and i think specifically in the work with anthony Dod mantle that is really interesting or or at least attempting to be interesting um my favorite scene of the whole movie is the dream sequence that she has after pierre's death yes and it is so striking and so interesting. And it's where the movie fully gives into these surrealist impulses. And I, I, while watching that, I'm like, why couldn't the whole movie have been more like this? My thoughts exactly, Dan, (laughs) because like, I felt like that was what the movie wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am
0: totally with you on that. And, you know, there is, um, another, uh, biopic, film that i saw earlier this year that hasn't come out yet um that i saw at sundance called tesla that very very much leans into the surreal and really commits to it and i want you guys to remember that um when you guys see tesla um, and compare it to this because i i definitely agree that those moments in this movie from a direction standpoint were by far the most interesting. And I I actually do agree that some of the scene transitions, the visuals, like just from an even just a pure imaginative storyboarding element like conceptually i thought this movie had so many interesting ideas yeah and i was really 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 into how unconventional beautiful and inspiring uh some of the choices were in it um once again it's all just brought down by the foundation the skeleton the blueprint which is the screenplay
2: yeah and those um the, those flash forwards to the eventual applications of her work i think it's a really interesting idea but those are also the scenes where the movie gives into every single one of its worst impulses yeah, yeah. and it, it comes off in a lot of ways it's like those scenes come off as Tacky, and uh, particularly the um, the nuclear test in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was, and and the oh god, the one at Chernobyl, uh, mm. yeah.
0: which definitely feels so odd after watching the Chernobyl yes. miniseries, where you're just <laughs> like, oh no, it can't compare.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, even if you haven't watched Chernobyl, like me, it's like, oh Lord, this is this is not the way to do this.
0: But I I got to admit I, I I don't I sorry correct me if I'm wrong but um because you did mention uh a, the, the dream sequence are you guys talking about the secret the sequence where she walks through the hospital
2: no not at the end of the movie
0: oh okay gotcha because that's what I was thinking of I really really like that segment a lot I,
2: uh, I I go back and forth on it because I felt like the when Pierre sort of like comes to take her away I felt like that was so cliched with the... Oh, right. it
0: was heavy. It was definitely heavy-handed.
2: <laughs> it was so heavy-handed, and I was like, oh my God. But
0: once God. again, from a storyboarding, conceptual standpoint of just yeah. conceiving this idea of this vision, of this sequence, I, I thought it was a very, very interesting idea, and something that visually, I thought, had a lot of um eye, eye-popping moments. um But yeah, I mean, I think it just all comes back down to uh, the direction does what it can, and I'm still very highly interested to see what Marjane uh, Satrapi does mm-hmm. uh, in the future with her work, because I definitely think that she, given the right material, can create something that would be truly, truly jaw-dropping. Yeah,
2: yeah agreed. Totally I mean, like, agree. Totally agree. Persepolis is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I, I, I'm at a six for Radioactive. Um, I, I don't think it's great, but it, it was a film that definitely – I, I was never bored watching it. I was always hmm. interested in what it was doing. And the the in the end, you know, while the, I think a lot of the script lets it down, I think the strong moments are the ones that stand out and stick with me. And I was a six at TIFF, and I'm now a six still after watching it again. So, All right. And uh, last person, Daniel Habit. I am in between
3: Josh and Dan. Uh, I, I, I'm five. Um, I, I actually was bored when I was watching it, largely. Um, I just, there there wasn't enough uh, keeping me interested, other than just uh, the facts of what Marie Curie did in her life. Those are interesting, but the way that they're presented is so, like Matt said, morose, that it's just like, not enjoyable um it almost feels like it doesn't want us to enjoy her accomplishments and so it was just kind of it was just kind of boring to me and bland and i totally agree uh that i think Satrapi has a lot of uh directorial ability i think she is really an interesting director um, i think there are Uh, directors who could have taken this screenplay and made it significantly worse um and so So, i think i I think her fascinating uh visual style really helped to elevate what was on the page so i'm curious to see what she does next um but taking kind of a very traditional genre um and with a very uh, flat script Um, her, her direction couldn't, couldn't elevate it enough. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a five out of 10. It's not awful. It's just, um, it's just kind of there. All right. Any, uh, final thoughts, uh, before we get into Oscar potential or, or. I, I um, don't know about just, you guys. I, I did not watch a trailer before I saw this film. I had no idea Anya Taylor-Joy was in this movie.
0: So all of a sudden, <laughs> halfway through the film, she appears. And I go, oh, what's this now? OK, I mean, all right, sure. Great. More than halfway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she doesn't appear until the third act. And I, yeah. I was surprised that uh, her role in this was so small. Yeah, I was, I
3: was
2: too. Yeah, I was surprised at Tiff by that as well.
3: And she's great. I think she's, uh, you know, she doesn't have a lot to do, but uh, I think she's She's
2: always
0: a a great actress. She's better than Sam Riley. (laughs) Yeah, no question. It ain't hard. (laughs) (laughs) You people. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Uh, Oscar potential for this movie. Interesting conversation to be having right now, given uh, everything that we know about upcoming major releases for this year. This is a release that we actually have. It's real. It's here. It's something that we can actually talk about. So in that regard, I think that um, my two highest points of consideration with this are... Anthony Dodd-Mantle for Cinematography and Rosamund Pike for Best Actress.
2: I think Rosamund Pike is definitely will or will definitely be in the conversation for Best Actress. She's a former nominee in a biopic. It's this is you a know, surefire way to get yourself in the conversation. Um, but I would say like unless – I would say Anthony Dodd-Mantle for Cinematography only if the rest of the year does – Prove to be as anemic as it looks like it might be. The other, like thing if
0: the rest think- of the year continues on the trend that the last, yeah, uh, seven months have already been. Like if it keeps going like that, and yeah. we don't see a huge uptick in the winter fall in regards to prestige awards bait like projects, because we don't know still if the studios are going to choose to release them or if they're going to choose to hold on to them. Yeah, yeah, and so. I, I think in that situation yeah why yeah. why wouldn't it crack a lineup then
2: yeah I agree but I think the other thing that Holt stands a chance uh, no matter what happens are the costumes
3: yeah I totally agree mm-hmm yeah yeah I think I think uh, this is a film that in a normal Oscar season would get zero attention. It would come and go, uh, nothing, not even, not even on any lists for anything. Um, agreed. So really the question is just how in this weird Oscar season, how, how will it play? And so I think Roseman Pike only if it's an anemic Oscar season, will she have a chance? I, I think in a normal Oscar season, she wouldn't even, wouldn't even be on long lists. I mean, um, I just think, cause I, I don't think people are watching this movie, um, yeah. or, or would in a normal scenario. So, um, yeah, I think costumes are probably its best, most realistic bet. Um, so yeah, that's, I think cinematography is good too. I think that could be on some long lists, but overall I still, I still feel like we'll have a valid and competitive Oscar season. So I'm not ready to, yet to yeah. say that, uh, that this can compete.
2: I agree. I think that in an anemic year, you could maybe see some attention for the score. I think just because it stands out so much, but I'm not. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. All right, that'll do it here for our review of Radioactive here on the Next Best Picture podcast. I am very, very glad that we went an entire review without making an Imagine Dragons reference, so <laughs> congratulations to all of you. Um, Josh Parham, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at JR Parham. Daniel
3: Howitt. You can find me on Twitter at HowittDK and on my podcast, The Screeners Podcast. Dan
0: Baer.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at and Dan on film. And you can find
0: me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Radioactive here on the next Best Picture Podcast. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate the feedback there and the support. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable in our eyes. And also, too, if you head on over to Patreon for $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us, including those before mentioned reviews of The Imitation Game and The Fury of Everything we we're doing for our 2014 retrospective thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time